Rick Odeng. Är det? September 30, 2020. This is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 12. I'm April Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. And we're back once it's again. the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. All the bills are coming due. To check my... I've got to pay rent for next month. I got yep. all these things New to get done. New season of anime starts airing. Oh, yeah. Lots of stuff going on. Actually, I got something new mm -hmm. tonight. So, in lieu of beer, I actually have a non-alcoholic beverage. And I went through the supermarket, and there's a lot of Whoa. in Maryland. There's a there's a lot of Jamaican and uh, Caribbean uh, products and things available that uh, I didn't see much further up the coast. You know, further up in New Hampshire, and I didn't see in Colorado. But I think this one they had in New Hampshire, though. But it's just a grape. What is it? Sparkling grapefruit flavored beverage with pulp. So I figured this would be good. It's called Ting, and it's not a non-alcoholic. But I found out when I was looking it up on their website they have ting and then apparently if you mix it with vodka it's called ving and then it becomes some kind of uh huh. local favorite cocktail i suppose but i don't know i'm gonna see how it goes well it's not bad it still tastes a little more like lime yeah, than grapefruit I, i've got my oh. yeah what do you got that's good i don't like the taste of grapefruit really mm. i got my doritos today I was running late because there are a lot of people in the burrito place, so I still have my Joes with me. <laughs> it's uh, the tradition, though. You got to get the burrito. If Cold doesn't have the burrito, you know, we can't have a show. So he has the... I, I don't think I'm going to have an exit beer this yeah. time. I've been skipping no, no, that lately. Sure. I've been skipping the exit beer and, uh, <laughs> you know, after last night, too. Well, that's it's probably the... raining where you are, too, right? Now come again? It's probably raining where you are anyways, too, right? Oh, no, it was nice out. Uh... It uh, rained uh, yesterday, oh, geez. but yeah. today, yeah, it's been nice and cool. It's actually been really hu um, not as humid as it, as it has been all summer, so that's been a great thing for me. Um, I, I actually just bought a dehumidifier because the uh, I got really used to that low humidity in Colorado where it's, you know, 10, 20, 30% at most, uh, especially in, in the winter, and it never really gets that humid at all. And then moving to Maryland, and you I set out the uh, the uh, hygrothermograph, and it shows uh, like a hundred percent humidity some days. There's like ninety five percent relative humidity, just bonkers. So nothing dries out. Yeah, you know? the humidity is pretty crazy here too. I I had a I had this thing where usually I would I take a shower, and dry myself off, and then in Colorado, what would happen is if as I'm getting ready for work, you know, the towel wouldn't stay as wet, you know, because it it start drying off before I go. And out here, it'd be like wet. If I put it on a, on a pile or I put it back on the towel rack, it'd be like wet two days later because nothing evaporates. It can't. We're at a hydro, uh, what do they call it? It's, it's a saturation point. There's uh, there's no way to get water out of the towel and into the air, so nothing dries. So I I, uh, I was glad to have that. Now I'm back to a comfortable 45, though I just, I just changed some things around, and so I think I'm up to uh, closer to 50% humidity, but... A very comfortable place to be. 
and after and now i've got this uh <gasps> this ting which is great i'm skipping the beer tonight uh skipping the alcohol because uh i honestly had plenty last night and uh, i even had a, a couple beers in the fridge i was gonna have today and i ended up drinking last night because uh, we were up uh listening to the oh, uh debate funny. yeah well i was there i was there well, no, not at the debate, but, uh, I mean, we were hanging out in the smoke. In the smoker, indeed. So what's this about you couldn't remember me there? I thought we were talking. Yeah. You asked me earlier, hey, were you there last night? I was there, were you? I, had a I just had drink, a but I wasn't that bad. That's, that's the only explanation I have. <laughs> no, that was fun, though. That was... Because uh, I remember, we were chatting in there. And there's Sir Matthew was there, and uh, it was... a. Uh, that was really fun. I want to make sure we do that for the next couple of debates if, if John and Carolyn are going to keep doing that. That reminded me of hanging out on IRC with friends back in the day. You know, uh, maybe even a little like what 4chan was like way back in, you know, 2008. Before, you know, it would yeah, just all, be it, we, basically we, a chat room of people just, being irreverent. Well, that's the troll room most times. Yeah. No, I like it. I like the troll room. In fact, that's that's more or less IRC most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, but I've been out of that for so long. It's uh, regardless. We used to talk on IRC way back in you know, two thousand eight, maybe nine or ten, something yeah, like that. Yes, days. I liked that, and I forgot what it was like until just the other night. It's like ah, a really good time. So yeah, props for uh, Hog Story for doing that stream. That was excellent. <clears throat> so long as the other debates actually happen and they're not done on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. This should be fine. I think I Although, checked. Uh, I guess if they're on a if they're on a Monday or a Thursday, they're just going to do the regular Hog Story episode instead. Yeah, let's see. We've got one on October seventh, fifteenth, and twenty second, and I think, uh, yeah, those are Monday, Monday. I'm sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesdays. So we should be clear. And I'll be there for the next presidential debate in the smoker with uh, uh with uh. I won't be on the show, but I'll be in the I'll be in the troll room there, trolling away. So, you listen to our show, you can come in and say hi to us. We'll be hanging out there with Hog Story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, coming up October seventh. That's the next one. Seventh. Yep. That's no good. What's that's wrong show day for us? Oh, I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong calendar. Then, hold on. Oh yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I was. I'm sorry, I was looking at the September calendar. I have to click down in that for. Uh, on Windows. Yeah, that's right. It's a 7. Well, let me look at the dates again. Now I have to put my foot in my mouth. It's October 7, 15, and 22. So we've got 7. Here's what happens is when you close that window, at the, uh, the calendar window in Windows, it uh, jumps you back to the month you're in, even though it's the last day of the month. You get 7, 15. So... I thought there's only supposed to be three debates, though. There's just there's yesterday, a vice, the vice Oh, I'll tell you what. We didn't miss anything because October 7... Did it again. October seven is the vice presidential debate. There's there's three presidential debates and one vice presidential oh, debate. Oh well, yeah. So no, that's true. The next for this uh, campaign, that one might actually be important. Well, I mean, I mean, if Joe gets in, it's going to be uh, Kamala Harris as the real president. It looks like it's going to be in Utah, so we might be able to do our show and then hop over to the smoker after. So. I, I think it still stands. Uh, I'll still be around on the 7th, 15th, and 22nd. All right. Well, 15th and 22nd, those are hog story. Mm. If they're doing the stream thing, well, I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'll either be a live hog story, and I know the responsibility of listening to a show live. <laughs> it's or a huge it'll be more debate. It's a huge responsibility to listen to a podcast live. That's what I say. Or a debate. Huge, even. Huge. Huge, even. You know what else is? <laughs> you know what else is a huge responsibility? Finishing beyond the boundary, which I did. Uh, I caught up uh, last week. I mentioned it right at the top of the show, like a big bummer. And I'm gonna do it again this time. I still don't like it. I listened. I watched the last four episodes, and all of my complaints. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hold on to it. Was incoherent. You couldn't tell what was going on, and they never. Uh, every time something interesting happened, they just kind of walked away from it. So that's still getting the thumbs down. But I did the work, and I watched the whole thing. All the way through. In other words. Yeah. Well, I did the series, and I think there's a movie or two after. I'm not gonna watch those. Um, I did want to wrap up the Beyond the Boundary saga with, with one thing, which is I did like all the music inside it, um, especially the ending theme, which I caught myself humming uh, uh, over the weekend and, and earlier today at work. So I, I, I need to mention that at least. It's some good catchy music, even though I didn't like the story too much. Okay, so it's not a complete flop then. Just listen to the music and it's good. Yeah. Ignore yeah. everything else. And uh, watch it in Japanese if you really want to watch this. English English dub did not do anything for me. Alright. Oh, there I go drinking. While we're on carbonate. the topic of uh yeah, while we're on the topic of things that we brought up last episode. Uh-huh. I wanna do a little bit of a full on uh on Hero Quest and Hasbro. Ah. So it turns out that enough people were angry that Hasbro actually dropped the shipping prices to their normal shipping costs. So about $30 US. Well, that was nice Being of them. Being the sucker I am, <laughs> guess who's finding it now? Uh, let me guess. Um, so, yeah. I'm... It's you. It's you. That's my guess. You've pledged to it now? It's me. <laughs> it's me, Austin. It's me. Yep. <laughs> it was me the whole time. Oh, I need to get that clip. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get any of the clips I wanted. There's some really That's good like ones the I wanted. only wrestling thing I remember. <laughs> It was me, Austin. I wanted to get uh, one from No Agenda. Where's was it Adam or something? He goes fucking Canadians. I that belongs on my board, but I didn't get it. I fell through. I just been so busy. I was up way too late last night. You know, hanging out in the smoker. Yeah, I had a slow, really slow day at work. I just got home. You know, just had just enough time to do a song for the show, and so uh, yeah, I didn't get to anything else. And then Monday, Monday, I didn't do anything for the show either because my entire afternoon was spent uh, patrolling uh, Maryland. So I went out and poked my head around and I went to the uh, the mall to take a walk through and just see what was going on. And uh, that was interesting. All, it looks like all the stores are open up, uh, opened up, but uh, they want everyone to wear masks still. And so that's uh, really, really irritating. It, it, of course. All the, the political stuff aside, you can... Honestly, if you have to put on a mask and walk through a mall, I don't think you're going to want to stay very long. Uh, that was my experience anyway. Uh, it was nice to be in a place where there's other people and kind of see what's going on and, you know, have a, have a sense of something normal happening. But as soon as you're in there for like five or ten minutes with that mask on, you're like, geez, Louise, get me out of here. Not what I want. <laughs> but I also went out and uh, and uh, saw a movie too. So I got a double whammy. I went to a mall and then I went to a theater. For I told you about this uh, over the weekend, but I watched on Monday the uh, 4K re-release of Akira, the uh, 
1980s sci-fi anime. And this is a a movie I actually before I start, have you seen it? I want to know what what level Not the I 4K need. 4K re-release. Well, you've seen the original one, right? Or you know, the 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 VHS oh, version or something. Yeah. So I had seen it before too. I'd seen some rip from it was probably uh real media uh real video file or something like that. A long time ago, I saw that movie, and then I to to get to see it on a on a big screen was a treat. It looked like they'd rescanned the the film elements. Um, I don't know if they actually rephotographed the cells. So that's the, I think the two ways they they could do it is like the real ways. Like if you're really badass, you would take all the original cells from the movie and reassemble them. But which they've done for one or two things. But the, I think usually what they do is they digitally scan the uh, the film print and. Uh, it looked beautiful. The whole thing was, from beginning to end, holds up just amazing. And you can tell they put a lot of work into it. There's actually parts where it, I was sitting back scratching my head saying, wow, they did this with hand-drawn animation. There's stuff that doesn't look like it. It, uh, it looks incredibly difficult to animate. Uh, stuff that was impressing me too, just visuals and, and the way they framed things on the screen. You know, Definitely a, a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. And Akira is one of those that has broad appeal. It it's not just a, an anime. It's a, it's an anime that ap- appeals to you know the sci-fi crowd, kind of like uh, there's there's been a couple, but Akira is one. Ghost in the Shell is another. You know, it's a very accessible movie. It's great. Audio is good too. I liked all mm-hmm. the audio. It's definitely, definitely that sort of uh, cyberpunk dystopia thing going oh, on. Oh yeah. In, so the plot, if and, you don't read, uh, yeah, I think that's that's what drew me drew me to both of those movies more than uh more than the fact that they were anime the uh the story starts out with the the young bunk uh punk uh biker gang uh and they end up picking up chicks at a peaceful protest or a mostly peaceful protest and then uh <laughs> going to a hospital but you know there's problem there's actually little when when they went to the hospital and and they showed this giant building it looked like something straight out of blade runner too it was great yeah that's akira Akira exclamation point. And uh, among yeah. the other things I didn't get was the uh, Tetsuo <laughs> kind of sound clips of him just screaming at the end. Just still an excellent scene, excellent ending when they're uh, they're fighting at the Olympic Stadium in Japan at the end of the movie. It's just great. Mm. But that's all the anime I watched. Um, I know we had Peter Grill and Uzaki-chan on there, and I didn't get to them, uh, but I won't begrudge you if you want to bring up... No, and, I, I don't I care hope, if you spoil it, even. No, I I had a busy weekend away from the house, so I never actually had the chance to watch them. Yeah, yeah. That's been busy all around. It's the end of the yeah. month. Lots of stuff is coming due, you know. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Well, we had to do a lot of work up at the cottage with uh, regraveling the steps to the cottage from the driveway. So even after I got back, I've mostly just been just flopping around, not really watching anything. Yeah. That's a, that's a simultaneously a good and a bad feeling. I know what you mean when you've been shoveling stuff outside all day. Wow. I'm, I'm I'm sore all over and I hate it, but it's also not that bad. If you ask me, I, I never, it's like, it's, it's, it hurts, but it's a good hurt. Well, it is a good pain. Hmm. I actually did some bike riding up there as well on the weekend, so it wasn't just shoveling stuff. Ah, you're doing that free work for uh, for open what was it Open Street Maps or something? Bicycling around with your GPS bike? 
Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was using my GoPro and its GPS capabilities to actually track certain uh, certain private roads in the area. Mm. Because what's on open street map is kind of incorrect, and I want to I want to set the record straight that certain roads do not actually connect to each other up there. <laughs> well, you know, every road will connect to a, uh, to each other if you try hard enough. It reminds me a little of when uh, maybe, but I don't I don't feel like bulldozing through somebody else's cottage just to connect some roads. It reminds me of when those uh, GPS navigation systems came, like the TomTom and the. I'm sorry, did I break up? Skype's being a bitch today. No, no, by no, the way. you just broke you just cut me off. That's all. Oh, uh, Skype's being a bitch today. There's there's another delay between us. I was gonna say it's reminds me of the uh the first generation yeah. Tom Toms and Garmins and uh you would navigate and people would always be whoa, they they're up uh, trying to get on a highway and so they'd follow the road and you'd say, yeah, Turn left, turn left, turn small. left. It well, yeah, you go turn left, he goes, I'm on an overpass. <laughs> Telling him to to drive off the over or drive into a lake, recalculating, yeah. recalculating. By the way, the neat thing with this is that not only the photos that you take with a GoPro have GPS data in them, but the videos that are recorded will have GPS data as well. Unfortunately, extracting it in that e process. So, I I did some research earlier on before before this weekend and determined how to actually get the gps track data out of the videos so with the gopro what it does is it actually saves video as uh, mpeg4 video as an extra stream into the video file for its uh, gps data and there are various tools available to take that to to take the data in that stream and convert it to different formats like KML or, or a CSV file that has like the that has like the coordinates for every second mm. of uh, of the recorded uh, GPS data. But before you get to that, you need to actually extract the the data stream from the, from the video file itself. Fortunately, that's easy enough done with say FFmpeg which is a pretty good tool to use for doing any sort of video recording or not recording recoding. And so I was able to, I was able to take the GPS data from all my past videos, convert them to CSV files and actually load all that up in this program called QGIS, QGIS, which is meant for doing, it's an open source platform for, geographic intelligence and information systems hence gis qgis because it's based on uh, the qt library that's used by like linux's kde uh, uh, user interface system so with that i'm able to actually track where i'm going i can identify the particular points in the in the data that I have from my videos and photos. And with this in hand, I'm able to go to OpenStreetMap and say, hey, here's the data. Here's some photos to back up what I'm talking about. These don't connect. Get rid of that. Hmm. We're going to have to call you yeah. uh, cold ass of the mapper. 
No, no, no. We're gonna stick to <laughs> we're gonna stick to Sir Matthew being the mapper. Uh, if he would only do another episode of his podcast. If he would make a map. We're still waiting. <laughs> I did give him shit about it yeah. yesterday, but I should have. Where's maps with Matt episode four already? So I told him we were gonna abuse him today on the show. <laughs> I I I need to go back to something you said earlier with um, FFmpeg. I I know that there's ways to mux other data streams into uh, into a video stream. Um, like, for example, that's how subtitles are encoded. That's how you can get multiple audio streams and things. I didn't know you could put general data inside there, like something arbitrary like GPS coordinates, or presumably you could put anything else. You could put temperature data if you wanted to track the temperature, or I suppose you could put anything you wanted inside. I didn't, I didn't know that that was possible to do uh, for a, a compliant... Uh, would you say it was an MPEG-4 video? Yeah. I, I didn't know that was in the standard. Yeah, it's definitely possible. The standard is, more than anything, just a just a how to actually stream particular data, right? And what sort of what sort of data is being streamed is less important than what's at, than how it's actually being streamed. Hmm. So the big parts here with MPEG and MPEG-4 in particular is the streaming format itself, not not anything to do with the audio codecs or video codecs, but rather how the uh, how the stream format itself works to encapsulate different streams within itself of data, whether those are subtitles or GPS data or video or audio. Yeah, and to, and to so, get yeah, them, you can to get them to all arrive all at the things. right time too. And yeah, that's that's the trickier part, yeah. right? But uh, but that's less an issue for FM than whatever you're using to actually write the video in the first place. In in this particular case, here we're just using FFmpeg to rip out one of the streams and actually i'd be able to take all the different streams one of these videos put together by the gopro and stick them all into a matroska container instead and still be able to do do, th do the same thing so it would still have the gps data from the gopro all there is is just like different identifier for what the different streams are that's in the that's in the information for the for the MPEG file. Hmm. Well, that's uh, this is something I I've, I've learned today, and now I, my my head's spinning. I gotta think of some way to use that, and I'm still not sure what I'm gonna use it for. But that's uh, that is a rare nugget of knowledge that you can put arbitrary data streams inside a MPEG file, or uh, at, with an MP4 stream. Yep. Huh. Today I learned. Well, think of it this way: like different. The difference between like a zip file and a MPEG stream file is that one is intended to just be like a static store of content and therefore everything stored in its own particular blob in the file. And the other is meant to be able to continuously stream all the data and will packet it out into different parts throughout its entire length. Mm. So in the in the end, they both end up being just container formats. It's just whether whether it's meant for like a big lump or if it's meant to be continually streaming. But other than that, like 
there's a lot of similarities between them in what their purposes are. Or yep. at least that's how that's how I see it. I I'm sure there's plenty of people who disagree with me on this, but the bottom line of them is you've got data, you've got to get this data from point A to point B all together as one bundle. And are you doing it where you need everything anyways and therefore it doesn't matter how it's particularly packed? Or is it something where it needs to be usable as you go through time, in which case you need to be able to stream all of that information simultaneously. Yeah, and and, and like you said, my experience with this sort of thing, and I've, I've never really done uh, MPEG encoding, but the, the trick is always deciding how to interleave everything. So if you have a GPS update once a second, that's cool. That's a, that's a small little frame of data that you need to pass along. But then if you have high definition video that needs to be updated at 60 frames a second and each frame is each frame or each, uh, sometimes they send full frame, sometimes they send um, just the difference between keyframes. They, they do some funny things to lower their bandwidth. But, uh, you know, that is a, getting them to, to come out at, at, in a predictable way is always the tough thing when they're not all running at the same, uh, the same data rate. So wow, I need I need yeah, to look at this as a solution as putting random data inside an MPEG file. I love it. Well, on uh, hobby projects, I've bought a couple things uh, that I've been meaning to for a while. I, they haven't arrived yet, but I've got some stuff to look forward to. Um, I'm gonna try and put together. Ew. I have a little electronics uh, lab that I used to have set up in in Colorado and. It's just a little thing. It's, you know, a little workstation where I can put some stuff together. But I went and I got uh, Arduino and um, some SparkFun stuff. I got a couple different microcontrollers I wanted to play with. And I think I, I, think I ended up buying like two or three little kits. They were all pretty cheap on Amazon too. So I didn't even spend a lot of money. But I'm going to get a couple of assorted things in the mail and I'm going to see what I can do with them. So no plans on that yet, but uh, mm. I, I, hope to have, uh, I hope to have something to report soon enough. I'm just going to get it, and like an artist, I'm going to see what so happens. I just ordered something myself. Mm. What'd you get? So I've been on the waiting list for this uh, for, for this Amiga-based, uh, well, I wouldn't really say that, but it's it's an FPD-based uh, re-implementation of the Amiga. Uh, it's called the, the Vampire by this uh, group in Germany called uh, Apollo Team. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, I've been on their waiting list for months and months and months. And then finally this week, I get contacted about uh, actually placing an order for it. So I've got that. I've got that sent out. They're supposed to ship it end of this week or start of next week. And so hopefully by the end of October, I'll have it in my hands. Hmm. And then do you have... I like, I like you... screwing around with the retro computing stuff. When you get the FPGA, so it's, it's an FPGA that's uh, it's been flashed so that it emulates the uh, the functions of an old Amiga CPU. Is that the the thrust of it? A bit, bit greater than that. Like it's an actual actual like computer board, right? That built around the FPGA. Aha. And the FPGA emulate well, <clears throat> rather than emulate an existing uh, 68k processor. What they've done is they've actually come up with a CPU core that they called a 68080, which is an enhancement on the 
on Motorola's series of 68K chips, as well as an enhancement of the final chipset from Commodore Amiga for the Amiga computers, the AGA chipset, which they call for AGA. And all of this is on is on the FPGA on the board. And it's got others it's got other support too. So like I can plug in a USB keyboard and mouse to it. Uh, it's got like HDMI out for hooking up to a monitor. Ah, uh, that's great. Things like that. So it's an actual a whole computer, right? That can run the Amiga system or the spin-offs of it like Eros or MorphOS. Is more powerful than than like last Amiga systems that actually came out of my or not my, out of Commodore. I stepped on. I'm. I keep stepping on you because uh, of the Skype delay. But I was gonna say twice the love for half the price. Your uh, dual use uh, development board, controller board. Yeah, it's not a development board, not a controller board, but it's a full-on computer just yeah. built around the FPGA as the CPU and and graphics processor and everything. So I'm looking forward to that arriving. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff in the mail then. Oh yeah, I was oh. actually looking at something else as well. Uh, there's another retro computing project out there called the Commander X16, which is inspired by Commodore's 8-bit series of computers. And while that's not available yet, there's an emulator for it already, and it'll probably be out sometime in 2021 at this point. And I'll probably end up uh, dropping the money for that when it's available too. I think I see a photo of it. I think down the road, we're probably going to end up having an episode dominated by me talking about <laughs> all this retro computing stuff. Because even though I'm even though I'm going to be on Grumpy Old Ben's on Friday, ah. I'm probably not going to be talking about the retro computing stuff so much as just like tech politics and censorship and all the stuff that like tweaks me off about technology these days. It'll be it'll be. It'll be Sir Bemrose and I debating with Darren O as the moderator. Well, it's an yeah, interesting. Probably won't uh, be like that, but uh, uh, it, it'll be it's fun. Something I'll be listening to uh, just to see how heated it gets, if nothing else. I heard uh, I heard Fletcher on there the other day too. That was a fun episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good show. They I like drove, the show. They drove Sir Bemrose crazy. With yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was might have been the best part. It was pretty damn fun listening to it. Yeah. I'm glad that they got the episode out so quickly because I had just gotten home, just settled in, and the episode dropped for download. So right away, I grabbed it, started playing it for myself. So pretty much my, my ride home Monday was, first thing I did was start playing Monday's episode of No Agenda for the drive home. Mm-hmm. And because I took a really circuitous route, because I like going places where I've never been before. So I do this a lot when I'm driving. And making maps. But I was able to listen to pretty much. No, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't, even, it doesn't work like, with the I timing. I was able to listen. No, it's, it's when I'm doing these sort of drives, it's, I want to see the scenery and everything, right? I'm not doing it for, for mapping purposes or anything. I'm doing it because. I enjoy going to new places. But anyway, I'm listening to No Agenda for all of that. 
and I got through pretty much everything except the end of show mixes by the time I got home. <laughs> and then while I was bringing all my stuff in, just listening to those, and then get downstairs to the computer and see Grumpy Old Ben's uh, new episode just released. So download, play that. After that, I had just enough time to get dinner, and then, and then it was time for Hog Story. The day in the life of cold acid. It's like that song by the Beatles. Yeah, driving <laughs> podcasts. I had it's a, nice having a week off so I can do all. I had um something they that they were talking about open source software. I think briefly on Grumpy Old Beds. And, uh, I had an experience uh, today. I I've been trying to graduate myself maybe for the past year or two. Um, basically, do all of my image editing in GIMP, and so I got rid of Photoshop at one point, and then I just. I didn't really know how to use GIMP or how to how to put it together, uh, put together you know a composite photo in it. it. You know I didn't know the commands. I know how to what I want to do. It's just the trick of getting the software to do what you want. And uh, I actually, after a couple, say months or so of on and off, once in a while going in and and working at it, um, I actually put some graphics together today for a, a cover page for something at work and with some photography and some editing and touch up and things on it. And it it was really easy. Uh, I felt like I had the hang of it for the first time in my life. And so GIMP, what I'm talking about, you know what it, what GIMP is, but it's uh, it's a free photo editing or photo manipulation oh, yeah. program that's a competitor to Photoshop. But uh, well, I wouldn't say it's a competitor; it's an alternative to Photoshop. Have you used that uh, at all, or competitor? Oh, you dropped God, out no. there. I, I, I can't stand its user interface. Ah, so that was the thing that bugged me for a long time. But now that I've memorized enough of the hotkeys, I can make my way around and uh, I don't get stuck with like a selection I can't get rid of. But there are, they, there are signs Personally, inside I, it. I really like Krita. What do you use? I use Krita. Krita. When I'm doing, uh, when I'm doing like heavy photo editing or if I'm doing drawing on the computer. Let's get that a link to that in the show notes then so I can but the um I know what you mean about GIMP though with the one of the things I found that I, I never seen before is when you're looking at filters. Um I wanted to put a little bit of a blur on something to kind of take it into the background and, and so it wouldn't catch your eye on the page. It wouldn't distract from what I was trying to show on the page. So I was trying to put a, a blur on on something. And I went in their filter menu and then you can go and look under blur and and they had one that was called an arbitrary convolution. And no shit, they have a, a module. And this is supposed to be an image manipulation program that's supposed to, you know, uh, it's supposed to be a, a user-friendly, well, it's not user-friendly at all, but it's, uh, they actually have a window where you can open up a, uh, it looks like an Excel spreadsheet and you can type in your own convolution kernel instead of using the ones built into the software and I, I opened it up and I looked at this as holy shit who is ever going to use this for anything this is I'm sure someone thought it was a fun idea to say hey well you know what if you don't want to use uh, any of the built-in uh, blurs and I want to I don't know sample my own Gaussian pulse and then type the numbers manually into a piece of software so I could put a, a slightly different flavor of blur on my photo jeez Louise it's stuff like that 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 you can tell someone spent time on that instead of um, uh, deciding uh, what the best default settings would be or doing things like one of, one of the things that always bugs me in GIMP is that when you, you're editing a value, like a brush size value, 
the bar that they give you is a combined, uh, it, it's like a slider and then the text is embedded on the slider. And so if you click on the, say you want to move from a size 10 brush to a size 20 brush, you click on the, the number and it, if you don't click on it perfectly right, then it'll jump you to like a size 2 million brush because it'll pull this slider over instead of uh, editing the number. It's, it's a, if you've ever had, if you've ever used it, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's just user interface is honestly terrible, but I feel like after a while I've gotten over it. So that's my, my two cents on open source software. I'm finally getting some use out of some of it. I'm actually just looking now at a, at a screenshot from the latest version of GIMP. And a lot of the issues that I had about the user interface before aren't there anymore, mainly because it's changed to actually having a Photoshop-style UI instead of a million different windows all over the place for different purposes, all of which look like they came right out of the 1980s. Yeah. They did some of some of the things they changed that are nice, I did notice they changed, uh, is they now group the buttons in a... By default, so when you install GIMP, you don't have to configure it to make it usable. Um, you it, it does things like group certain tools that are similar to each other. Um, I think the color select tool is in the same tool group as like the fuzzy select tool or something like that. And so there's a little bit of logic and there's they've thought through the UI a little bit more. It's still really rough around the edges and it still is missing things that I think just should be on by default, like... Uh, the navigation window and just some funny features. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, I've already rambled too long about it, but it's, uh, it's getting better. I have to admit it's getting better, just a little better. I'd argue, give a look. I'd argue, give a look at, uh, create a, try it out for a bit as well. How do you spell that? K R I T A. Krita. I'll definitely include links in the show notes. Lovely Krita meter made all the Beatles. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'll put a bookmark in it. When it's in the... I'll usually... Uh, well, now that I have a different hard drive, I'll never see the bookmark, but done anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. That's how it is. That's the way it is. So there's something else I did while I was up at the cottage on the weekend. Uh-huh. You, you've heard of the game Binding of Isaac, right? Yes, I have. I've not played it, but I've heard of it. Uh, I remember it was an award-winning game. Yeah, I haven't played it either. Mm -hmm. So anyway, there's this card game uh, kind of based on it called Binding of Isaac for Souls. And my brother brought that up with him to the cottage for us to play on the weekend. And it's actually pretty interesting, quick, easy to pick up game. So for one to four players, you try and, you try and collect four souls based on fighting different enemies that pop up. Most of them most of them are just simple enemies. They don't get you a soul. Certain ones do. And some of them are bosses that give you two souls, even. Mm. And, the, and so the whole goal is to be the first person to collect four souls. Based on, and you've got different treasures and items that help you with that as well. Now, one of the problems... One of the problems with the game is there are lots of ambiguities with the abilities that you get on some of the treasure and item cards. So the game is definitely open to rules lawyering. Mm. Fortunately, we're all mature enough that 
we agreed on things that were am ambiguous rather than trying to pull something off on each other. But the game definitely could use some errata for that. And the game isn't perfectly balanced either. There's definitely some overpowered hands that are possible. Like a game that my brother played with a friend of ours uh, before I arrived at the cottage, uh, the, that friend, he just ended up at the start with just like an amazing set of cards and steamrolled through the game. No problem at all for him. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And mm. even a full game shouldn't be more than maybe an hour and a half if you got four players. I'm looking so at the... It's actually a lot of fun. I'm looking at the Kickstarter page uh, for it. Looks like it was hasn't been updated in a while, I suppose, because it's already done. But it's Binding of Isaac, Four Souls, the official Binding of Isaac multiplayer card game about sacrifice, betrayal, and hoarding by created by Edmund McMillan. It looks like they raised two and a half, a little over two and a half million dollars on a Kickstarter. Yeah, on a goal of 50k. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know what's going to take off, too. Uh, sometimes projects just, uh, they get they get funded just barely, and sometimes they get funded and then funded and funded again many times after. Yeah, this looks... Uh... Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to play, and... I'm definitely up for playing it some more again. Hmm. I'm looking at all the cards now. Yeah, it looks fun. I is so. Are we in a uh, a renaissance of? Uh, I, maybe renaissance is the is the wrong word. Is this a, a new golden age of traditional games? Now that there's so many being crowdfunded and and produced, uh, and and the gatekeepers. Uh, well, oh, they, we're they, well into it. Like there's been a there's been a tabletop renaissance going on for for several years now, thanks to Kickstarter and Indiegogo and others like them. Mm. You know, I used to listen to I used to really like this stuff. Um, maybe twenty twelve or something like that. There was a podcast. I was really into it, and I was listening to podcasts that were reviewing new games that came out. And uh, I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. There's just fascinating to me they would come on and they would what they would do before the show is they play the board games or they play whatever card game or whatever and they go on and they just talk about the show the the game and the stuff you got with the kit and the rules and if they had fun or not and they played you know fun games they played really bad games and <laughs> complained about them you know it was funny too funny guys but it makes me want to get into it that uh it was the last time i i really paid attention to this stuff was you know 2012 13 ish yeah, I've I've been game, I've been mostly game on with Corey and John. To the tabletop stuff. I did think of the name there. It was Game On with Corey and was it Game On with Cody and John or Corey and John? <sighs> yeah, they went off the air. They want their podcast ended. Ah, I'm gonna have to start saying over, 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 Roger. Yeah. Roger. Yes, yes, I remember. I'm not I had so much delay as it's just us, as it's just having lots of dead air thinking of things to say i'm pretty there's a pretty big delay uh i can tell because when there's no delay i feel like we get in a good cadence and when skype you know what happens skype is being a bitch because it heard us talking about other codecs and skype is now mad because it's a jealous bitch it heard us talking about mpeg <laughs> and efficient transport streams yeah yeah that's what's wrong we pissed off skype
Stonian bitch. All right. Well, I hear that you have credits to your name. Oh, yeah. Um, in Able Kirby News, there was a... Uh, let me see if I can get a link. I, I was almost going to push this to the next episode, and part of the reason is that I haven't even read it yet. I haven't read the final uh, version uh, because I wasn't going to... I was going to have a Steam key, but I said, nah, don't give me a Steam key, you know, uh, for the launch. I'm waiting for them to put up the game on uh, Dempasoft, which is another store that they release through. And I'm being really obtuse here, I didn't even say what I, the audience doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, I worked on a soundtrack for a game called Highway Blossom some years ago. Um, a friend of mine produced the game, and, uh, and he asked me to go and some songs for it and so some of the songs uh on there were original and then a couple of them were sort of covers of traditional music done in a different style and so it was fine and that came out on steam uh and they actually just had a dlc that got released called highway blossoms next exit and it just came out uh oh geez what was the date it was just uh 20th yeah it was just after last show so we didn't talk about it last show but yeah, um, if you want, you can download that. Uh, it's available on Steam if you want to buy it on Steam. I don't get any uh, any uh, residuals from it. I, I did a commission. Uh, I, we set it up in a way where I just got paid outright for it. So I didn't. I don't get royalties from this or anything. So I'm not shilling for myself, but uh, I did like the story, and I like Josh is a good writer. And uh, there's also Scion is the other guy who... Uh, wrote it and i'm not sure what the breakdown is of who wrote what at this point but it's uh their quality team i like it and i'm i'm uh excited mm -hmm. to see the uh the full version of it i've seen some parts you know when it was in development but i never actually got the whole thing to look at yet and so i haven't yet that's why i didn't really want to talk about it right now but since we are uh i guess we'll put a link in I the show notes i wasn't gonna let you get away with uh, not talking about it that's actually why i had the harmonic out i did the uh when I bought these uh, harmonicas, one of the things that they asked me when I was doing uh, track for Next Exit, they, I think it was Scion said, uh, you wanted a harmonica in it. You can, you can play harmonica, right? And I said, yeah, I can play harmonica. Uh, but I didn't have harmonicas in the right key, so I, I had to go out and buy some, and that was this one right here. I think this is the one I used. And so, you know, so I had that out, and uh, that's why I was playing harmonica on the opening track today. <laughs> yeah, I need to find a good link. The thing is, I don't want to link to Steam in the show notes. Let's see if it's up on Dempasoft. You said it would I'll be up in a few days. I'll add that link in the show notes. Uh, oh, he has a, a page on, on their website. That's what we'll link to. I think he just links to Steam from there, but yeah. Oh, well. Can't win them all. You can be uh, no. idealistic about where you want to buy games, but as soon as you try and sell them, you have to you have to go where the audience is, and so you have to go to Steam and let them take their cut. You want to make any money? Yeah, unfortunately, that's just how it is. Yep, and it has uh, also. But, uh, on the other hand, I sh I just want to plug the the last thing in here. Uh, oh, hold on. Ah, never mind. It doesn't have the uh, the credits. I was gonna read off a couple of key names on the credits, but I don't want to forget them, so I'm just not going to. The credits are in the are in the tweets as well. I guess I should link the tweets. Oh yeah, that, actually, that's a good one. Uh, you can link to the the announcement tweet because then it has everything in there. What else do we have for today? Well, I had a... Uh... Ooh. <clears throat> you have died of the plague? Come again? You have died of the plague? I have. 
I have. Or fell into a ditch while playing in the yard and died. Okay. Or maybe you were stabbed in a church after dark. Oh, that's not good. I just... I'm, no, no. But uh-huh. it's uh, it's pretty neat. I mean, some people have probably already seen this like years ago, but the medieval death bot, something that something I always enjoy pulling up now and then. Oh, is this a an IRC style bot or is this a website? No, no, it's it's a Twitter bot. Oh, it's a Twitter bot. It just posts like real deaths from medieval coroner's rolls, is what it is what it says. Oh, and the person behind it actually actually created a book that covered a lot of these called Murdered by Clerks. <laughs> so this is this is the sort of thing that I enjoy, of course, because I'm I'm twisted like that. Mm. Or more because I just like I just like the the sort of character behind this sort of thing, especially for doing role playing games and stuff. Just having having these sort of things in mind books on books on how life was for somebody living in a rural area in the middle ages it really helps add a bit of flavor i think to run it into running uh, fantasy role-playing games or or crafting characters and playing them oh yeah there's some great uh literature you can dig up to in and even true stories like just uh just there there was um I was looking for New Hampshire history, and I, one of the things I came up with was uh, recommended to me was a book called, um, oh, what was it called? Uh, the History of Temple, New Hampshire. And Temple, New Hampshire is a little town in the middle of New Hampshire, and it's it really is a tiny town, um, but it has some interesting history. And a writer, Henry Ames Blood, was the uh, there for their 100th year celebration. So I they had a the town was founded and then 100 years later they went out and they had a big party and so they had all this course and what he did is he saved all the correspondence from people who grew up in the town and moved to georgia or moved into other parts of the country and uh and he got all that correspondence and wrote a book about it and and so inside the book it has the original documents of the here's a letter asking will you come to the party and it's you know two pages of discussing what's going on and who's doing what and then, you know, here's the reply. And it's, if you like that kind of thing, I mean, it was a great book. I, I even went out and got a hard copy uh, version of it. It's, uh, I know what you mean. I like that stuff. Over. It's really interesting to read these things. Yeah. It had a collection of, of uh, you know what it had in there? It also had all the speeches they gave. So it was the speeches talking about the hundred years uh, history of the uh, of the town. It had... People who live there wrote a bunch of poetry, and they had a recital, and they have all that saved inside there, at least parts of it. And it it's not, you're not reading it because it's it's an excellent poem, because, I mean, at some point, they're just, you know, people celebrating, this is what they did, but it's the kind of stuff they wrote about. It's not because it's the best wordsmiths in the world are putting the stuff together, but you read it, and it's, oh, this was written by a real person talking about what they really care about. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. What was life like? in middle of nowhere in the sticks there was another one too it was uh well Ernest Poole. That wasn't in the middle of the sticks but uh well i that's subjective john i know DeWolf you have an opinion on it struck upon his head 1322 by john ming 
in the lane called Shiteborn Lane. <laughs> Shiteborn Lane. Shiteborn Lane. That was the worst Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. <laughs> John de Glasgow died after being run in by an ox being brought to slaughter in 1297. The ox managed to carry him, impaled on its horn through the stomach for some 40 feet before it threw him to the ground. The ox valued at half a mark. Remember, these are the days where they would actually bring suit against animals themselves as well. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of that before. They, If he got mauled uh, by a bear, they'd uh, sentence the bear to death. Yeah, they would try the bear. Mm. And of course, it not being able to uh, plea for itself would invariably be declared guilty. I don't think they ever tried hanging bears, though. They just slaughtered them. Well, here's some animals that uh, didn't get tried. Did you see the story? Uh, I put it in the, the notes last time, but we never got to it. It was these killer whales of Eden in New South Wales. It was just a Wikipedia article. Uh, put it in my notes last time. I don't know if we, if we made it in the show, but let me open the thing up. I don't think it made it in the show. No. Uh, well, uh, this might be a big flop because I can't get it to open. <laughs> okay, well, control click to open oh, hyperlink. And it doesn't open. Okay. Well, scratch that story. We'll can it again. Try and try. That was my last thing. Next, I was gonna. Well, let me week. let me paraphrase the the story. Then I was gonna bring it up and read a passage from it because the uh, the article is some. It, it's interesting the way it's written, but it was a story about um, Eden, New South Wales, and they had a uh, bunch of killer whales in the harbor uh, for a long time. And these whales live a, a really long time. And they had one. Uh, they all had names, and they would collaborate with the fishermen, and so. There, when there were, um, I guess, schools of fish that were around, and the uh, the, the the whales knew that the uh, the fishermen wanted to get them, what they they flapped their tails in the harbor at the mouth of mouth of this river that would tell all the fishermen, "Hey, come here, uh, get out here," and they'd actually lead them out. They were hunting whales, and what would happen is they they'd uh, get the whalers to come out and whale other whales, or they get them out to. Uh, catch what it was ever out there but they always had a uh the way that these killer whales were fed is they uh they always left a certain portion of it and they did it for a long time and i think the one of the whales old tom uh finally had his he died because his teeth got uh or it was a killer whale i guess so he had teeth um teeth got messed up and then he couldn't eat and then he died of starvation but they had him in a museum too down in uh, i think it was eden new south wales down under a fun story yep. yeah this all took place in the 1920s no i'm sorry uh, i got it up now so it was uh, 1840 to 1930 a pod of killer whales which included amongst its members a distinctive male called old tom would assist whalers in hunting baleen whales yeah that's what they were after pretty neat yeah but just just that time span 1840 to 1930 it's 90 years so they had they were around for a long time doing this it was just a thing. Oh, yeah. It was just a thing. Like old Tom was out there. Old Tom was 90 years old. Still out there in the harbor. And never committed yeah, a crime. I mean, Over. Whales live for a good long time if they're not uh, if they're not killed first. Yeah. Oh, well. I thought that was a, a fun story. Maybe a fun way to wrap things up today. I said I'd bring some human interest stuff. But I'll put the link to the show notes if you want to read that that whole story. Uh, some of it's a little technical, uh, but you know it's it's not written in a 
a story format. It's written in like Wikipedia's, uh, here's the facts, bub, way, but it's still fun to read. So we'll put that in the show notes. Anything else you wanted to hit? Yep, that's going in. No, I'm, I've am i covered all my topics today. Yeah, I think I hit all mine too. And we're about the hour mark here. Or at least on the recording, our, our uh, actual file is always a little shorter, yep. but should be fine. We're, yeah, we're close enough. with all the pauses, we're probably going to be a bit shorter today. Yeah. Oh, well, for... Uh... I think we're definitely going to have to look at using Clearing Feed or whatever it's called in yeah. the future. Because Skype is really being a pain in the ass lately. Yeah. For Rare Encounter, I'm Abel Kirby. And I'm Cold Acid. Catch you later.